Hey, sweethearts. I'm so happy you're joining me here on the Sweetheart Soul Sessions podcast. I hope that each episode is bringing you clarity and intuitive validation and also a lot more sweetness to your day. Open your heart and open your mind because your session is starting now. So you are about to join the conversation I had with Kelsey Lowe. She's the girl who quit her corporate job and followed her wanderlust and started traveling the world. And you're also about to find out how she did it, why she did it, and whether or not it was soulfully successful. Right here, right now on Sweetheart Soul Sessions podcast. Having a wild heart is creating a life that's based around the desires of my heart versus desires Mm. of a status quo or the roadmap that's been given to me from, you know, generations before, like it gets to be innovative. It gets to be different. It gets to fit my wild heart. (laughs) Mm, I love that. I love that. And it's so true. I mean, I think that that's just something that kind of you exude. It just comes from you. And it makes me wonder, I know you've done some stuff about inner child. Do you think that this wild heart or this, this, this harnessing, harnessing the, the, the heart and the mind together in a way that it can still be free. Do you think that that's something that you've done since a child? Is that still in you as an inner child? Or is this something that you had to uncover? Do you think? Oh, it's something that's always been in me. You know, Mm -hmm. like I would say there's times in my life that I felt very constrained and it didn't feel safe to be that version of me. And so it would be repressed and suppressed. Um, But naturally, oh, yeah, I'm like growing up, sitting everyone down to perform Dixie Chicks with (laughs) choreography with my cousins. And, you know, my parents were actually missionaries. And so I grew up with all of these stories of us living in India and living in Hawaii and my parents going to Fiji and Nepal and like right before I was born and like all these stories that I was always taught by my family that the world is this incredible place versus the world is a scary place. So maybe that's why Mm. like I, like that later in life, I did start traveling once I was older and became an adult, you know, But the fact that I grew up with those stories um, filled me with visual. And I'm kind of realizing this now looking back that it filled visualizations of me being a traveler because I thought of me being on my mom's back who was on my dad's back on a Vespa. Like it was just these stories are like, this is so cool. And I grew up in a very small kind of agricultural town. And so I always kind of felt like I had this special experience that felt like a dream though, because I didn't remember it, but there's a part of me of all the Mm. stories and things. And so that definitely contributed to it. Yeah. That's, that is so fascinating to think of, of being, you know, we're having your roots established in such, such a worldly perspective and to see things like that, like as your, I don't know, I guess your first experiences, right. Your first perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so you're talking about this, you're talking about all of this, 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 you know, expansive view and, and, and how, um, 
you know, how that is kind of shaping who you are and, and, and being that, that being like an innate trait within you. But, you know, some people might hear the phrase wild heart and, and hear about your experiences and they might be listening to this thinking, Oh, I could never do that. Oh, I grew up in the same town. I've been here forever. Um, you know, I, I moved from New York city to where I live now in Ohio. And this is, my husband was born and raised here. And so coming from a big city like New York, where I, you know, you can feel the pulse of everything that's there and moving to Ohio where things are a little bit more calm, I guess you could say, even that, even just 600 miles was like a culture shock for me for a long time. Um, so, so what does it mean to be somebody like this, Kelsey, th- that has such an expansive view, but there's people that are like, oh, I could never do that. I could never have enough trust. Like, what would you say to somebody like that? Like, oh, I couldn't trust the world enough to actually like go do that. I would say that the world is a vibrational place and there are precautions mm-hmm. to have. And so you can be able to start somewhere that feels stretchy, that feels new, that feels exciting, like going, mm-hmm. like, let's see an example, go to the park by yourself without your cell phone and bring a book. That's a way that mm-hmm. you can put yourself in a new environment that feels a little uncomfortable without that barrier of safety of a cell phone. Okay. And maybe do this if it's a safe park and it's during the day. I don't want to be misunderstood. Right. Or or go <laughs> take yourself to dinner. How about that? Go to dinner and maybe bring your phone, but put it down. Don't look at it. Don't let it be a distraction. I'm like that example, as I started saying that, I was like, this is going to sound so bad. I don't want to put anyone in danger. I'm saying to go do something by yourself, even in the smallest way that feels a little bit uncomfortable and then enjoy that because once you're there, you feel the stretch and you can enjoy it or maybe you don't enjoy it, but at least reflect on why and what you learned about yourself when you're alone. That's the whole process is the growth that we learn from ourselves. And I didn't just all of a sudden be like, yeah, I'm courageous. I can go anywhere. Like, no way. I was scared of the world, Mm -hmm. but there were different situations that would happen that the more and more I started to equally trust my situational awareness right? Trusting my environment. Mm-hmm. B, mm-hmm. not going somewhere that isn't unsafe, but in having some type of plan. Being, mm-hmm. I did a lot of things with tours and all, a lot of my early travels was with a tour company that was guiding me that had a tour guide that had an itinerary for us because I didn't, I wasn't about to go somewhere and not know what to do. That sounded terrifying, you know, yeah. but over time yeah. it's been, I've been traveling by myself off and on since I was 20, 22, 20, 20, yeah, 22. That's when I quit my corporate job. I was in a really intense relationship and it Mm -hmm. was terrifying because I felt so trapped and I learned more about narcissistic empathetic relationships because a friend in psychology class sent it to me and was like, you need to read this. Mm -hmm. And it was the biggest eye opener. And then later, another slide about how the bond is strongest when there was a shared traumatic experience and they call it a trauma Mm. bond. And so I started learning about this and it was freaking me out because I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm not crazy. This is textbook. Well, what's this Mm -hmm. role that I'm playing? Why am I putting up with this? And it comes a time where the person treats you worse than you treat yourself. And it's like, okay, I'm out. And the idea of staying in my life that I was in was way scarier than the idea of going to another country. And that was kind of the turning point where, you know, but I went through an organization. I learned how to travel before attempting to do things on my own. And so start where you're at. 
Yeah. So I want to go into that a little bit because I, you, you, you're talking about how maybe this, this trauma bond and this situation, uh, this relationship being trapped and being mistreated and um, it not honoring your soul and who you were, how that can be a catalyst for some people to say, I've had enough. And I, I meet so many people um, and a lot of women in particular and, and uh, female identifying um, individuals that feel as though they know that they're in relationships that are not serving them or that there is like you, I love that phrase that you said, like this trauma bond, this, this, um, you know, abusive toxicity that they're in, but they don't, they don't quite know how to start, you know? So how you, do, I want, do you want to speak on that a little bit about how, like you, the moment you realize, like, I have to, I have to do something different mm-hmm. if I want different results. Yeah, definitely. Um, I like, you know, if you've ever been in a part of a relationship where you've been the codependent and then the other person's a narcissist, like has the tendencies, right? We don't have to categorize them completely, but there's narcissistic tendencies. There's codependent tendencies. I was on the codependent mm-hmm. side and the first couple of months were beautiful and there's the swooning and the charming and the winning over and it was so fun and the spoiling like gifts and just, but then a turning point happened and I knew I needed to leave the relationship. I think for two months, I tormented myself of how to break up with a narcissist, of Googling and reading and re- get to know everything there is about something if I all of a sudden become passionate or obsessed about it. And because it was a problem, it was causing pain in my life. And I knew, what am I doing? Why am I putting up with this? And this is when a lot of my identity started to break down and I was losing who I was because I was constantly betraying myself. I would tell my friends, I'm breaking up with him tonight. And then it would get twisted and understand what was happening because I was so empathetic without boundaries of worrying about him and feeling like I was responsible for his emotions. And he was really good at Mm. kind of kicking me down and then lifting me up like with weird shit like making me feel like you don't care about people which is one of the biggest you know I would say that's it's like exact opposite of who I am so he knew how to like cut the deepest and so Mm -hmm. it wasn't I would say the moment like there was a moment that things was just like absolutely no um was you know like an abusive moment where we were arguing about something and he was like so and like reflecting back, he was so mad that I wasn't mad at him because he was starting to feel ashamed of himself. And so he mm. like grabbed my hand and was like, how are you not like hitting me right now? How are you not hating me right now? And wow. was trying to get me to hit him with my hand and like one let go of my wrist. And it was terrifying. And it was that moment of like, you need help. You need therapy. Yeah. This is not okay. And I was just like, ugh. It was awful. And I remember like Googling like how to travel and make money <laughs> and and yeah. teaching English yeah. kept coming up. So that was my interest. Immersive living in another country was teaching English. And I did a month long um, program where they set you up with housing and, you know, you, <laughs> although I ended up getting there and being like, I found an apartment. It was so easy. I want to live here instead. And like moving into somewhere <laughs> within three days of being there. But I also invited my mom to go with me, you know, and and so yeah. I wasn't alone. I wasn't just, you know, I had someone helping me. I had someone that helped plan an itinerary. But anyways, 
before that happened, it was a once that happened, it was like, boom, I'm done. This is not okay. I'm not available for this anymore. Um, but it still was a slow withdrawal until I left San Diego and came home to central California. And, but I was coming home to move home. I quit my corporate job. That was also really terrifying, but my boss was so happy for me. It was the best release. She just was like, really? congratulations like like you got you got out wow she's like I know you've always wanted to travel because I told her <laughs> said I'm quitting my job and I'm moving to Costa Rica I'm gonna go travel and she was just like you could yeah. just tell she was like I want that um but it was just the best decision for yeah. me because and was I scared yeah but all I knew was I felt like I'd been living in hell and it was awful and I felt trapped I didn't know who I was so I knew that I have to go find myself and I need to do something that brings me joy for myself and the idea of going to Costa Rica was like escaping almost. I was like, nothing is scarier than staying here. So I might as well follow my dreams because mm. I'm going to die one day. And I just had this like kind of relationship with death where it's like, I honor it enough to know mm. that it's not a dress rehearsal. Um, and I was willing to, mm. and I had saved the money because I'd been working in a corporate job, single with a broke college mentality. So I was never spending and I didn't have time to spend it mm -hmm. anyways. So, yeah, was it scary? Mm -hmm. But I knew that staying would be scarier. Not changing would be scarier. Yeah, yeah that that is amazing, and I, and I and I find that resonating with some aspects of my life too. And I'm sure that people that are listening to this episode are like, "Oh my gosh, she's describing that part of my life." Oh my gosh, she's describing that situation because this happens. It happens in different ways in all of our life stories, but it definitely um, we it definitely happens in some sort of way. I would say to most people, um, what you said about having this epiphany, having this epiphany that like, okay, like like you said, this is not a dress rehearsal, and life is not you know this this we're not immortal and, and all of this stuff, you know, that, that reminds me of what I do in sessions with people when, you know, I'm connecting to somebody that has crossed over and they're like, okay, I want to know if so-and-so is mad about this or, or I, I want to know if so-and-so like, I'm, I'm just so upset about this. And, and I really hope that so-and-so knows that I'm upset about it, you know? And it's just so funny because there's, there's no, there's no like heaviness, you know, once we, I don't know how much you, you delve into, <laughs> into um, spirit stuff and, and making transition. But in, in my experience, when people come through, they don't have like those heavy trapped emotions that we have here in the physical. And so like a lot of times people are disappointed because I'll say to them, well, this person is stepping forward and saying that, you know, this situation is going to right itself or this situation is um, going to create change in something else. So it needs to happen so that this other change can be created. And they're like, yeah, but aren't they upset? And I'm like, no, they're, they're not. Because, because we here, we get so wrapped up and so distracted by these tiny little things that we fail to have sometimes that bigger picture, which is what happened to you, Kelsey. You had that bigger picture you had like that bird's eye view of like, holy <laughs> shit, this, this isn't, we're, we're not, you know, we're not here for extended stay and it's stupid to get so caught up in all of this and stay a prisoner when, you know, I'm a free soul to go and do the things that I feel I need to do. Um, so that's cool. I mean, that's really awesome. I feel like people that are more inclined towards empathy 
and like you being a self-love and empowerment coach, I feel like there's a little bit of this, um, a tendency to listen more. I know I said, I called you a wild heart, but I think there's a tendency to listen more to, you know, the third eye and the crown, like listening to your intuition and saying, okay, like something's happening here. Maybe people want to call it an awakening or something, but there's a shift that takes place. For me, my shift was when I was 27. I don't know when, when was all of this shifting? For 22 you? and 23. You? Yeah. So much earlier. So, so you've had all of this time now to kind of, you know, step into that being. And you know, what's really cool is that you said that you, you know, you left your corporate job and all of this stuff and that, that the, um, being an ESL, um, teacher, um, you know, kept kind of coming into the fore for you? Like, do you feel like that was the universe speaking to you saying, yes, you're on the right path? Like, did it feel like it was supported or did you feel like you had to kind of fight um, your way through? I mean, I researched quite a bit. I looked on all these different websites. Once I decided, okay, I'm going to figure out how to teach English. Like, I also felt like my first introduction to making money was associated in a corporate environment where I was fucking miserable. I was miserable in my job. I was miserable in my relationships. Like my friends were awesome, mm -hmm. but I was bringing miserable energy to it. So they were like, <laughs> you know, so mm -hmm. all these things, um, I look, sorry, can you repeat the question? I just totally lost my mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. No, there's a lot of stuff here. I mean, there's so much stuff. No, I was basically just, just asking like, you know, do you feel like how, how, oh, you yeah. Led? yeah, yeah, do yeah, you, yeah. Did, were you aware? Um, of, like, the universe? I knew that yeah. the universe was asking me like, Hey, if you want to be free, you can. And I, and the, the feeling that I had was very kind of this loving and supporting feeling because the awakening of realizing I was going to die one day happened because my grandma died. And so my grandma died and that was just this big mm -hmm. eye opening. I felt mm -hmm. like I could feel some of her regrets in life. And I didn't want to mm. have that. And so I just had this very calm feeling that whatever path I chose, the universe was going to bring the corresponding trail of events to support me in it. I just needed to get out. Mm. I just needed to leave. I needed to be in. I felt very drawn to Costa Rica. I had a conversation with one of the guys through this travel website. And I told him I want tropical beach and I want Spanish. And we went down this whole checklist of different places. He told me about he told me about Argentina for like an hour. And then he told me about Costa Rica for an hour. And I said, it's Costa Rica. That's what I'm doing. And that was like yeah. one of the first times where I really invested in myself. It was like $2,500. And then, you know, selling, moving out, ripping away all my security. I, I, I was a firm believer that, yeah. you know, if you can find comfort in the discomfort, you can do anything. And I was on a mission to find myself again, to learn to like myself again, and to like learn to trust myself again, because I was such a people pleaser and so codependent because I felt so insecure that I remember when I was by myself being like, I don't know what I want to eat. And I was so used to just asking other people and going with what other people wanted that it like took me a moment to be like, Kelsey, what sounds good to you? I had to retrain my brain wow. to focus yeah. on myself and my desires and like learn how mm -hmm. to hear that voice again, because it was muffled and shoved down and pushed in the corner because it didn't feel safe, you know, for what all the corresponding events. And so I had to learn to like, you know, like if you get a cat and they like hide under the fridge for like 10 days and they slowly come out, like that's what it felt like. Like my inner child had to slowly come yeah. out like, okay, like 
actually want that food instead of that food and learning to be like, okay, let's do it. I choose this. Um, there's a beautiful yeah. scene in Runaway Bride where she's like, I don't even know what kind of eggs I like. I always just like the eggs that the other person. So she <laughs> makes a part of her discovery process of herself. She makes every single type of egg and she tries each one and she makes a decision of which one she likes. And that's just like such a great scene to the, that helped me letting the universe guide me, but also being very open and receptive because I felt so broken that it was that, it was the come to Jesus moment. It was the moment on my knees. I surrender. I realize I'm not in control and I need help. I want out. And then the voices came. What if you just, what if you just walked away? What if you just, what if you just moved to somewhere else? What if you just found a way to travel and work other people? And all I needed to know was that other people have done it. And so that gave me that thing of like, as other people did it, I can learn. I'm willing to look stupid. I'm willing to be embarrassed because right now I feel stupid and embarrassed about what I'm tolerating. Like it was kind of this just Mm. rock bottom humility. I'm willing to try anything because anything's better than this is kind of what it felt like. And I just knew that um, my physical body couldn't handle the emotional stress I was under. I was losing my hair. I had back. Yeah. A lot. Are you there, Kelsey? Our connection just sorry, someone called me. No, that's okay. Okay, we'll just roll with it. Do you need to take a minute? Do you have to? Um, uh, yeah. So you were saying like physically, oh, yeah, physically because, you were struggling with And I didn't know this. then all the things that I know now around the emotional connection to the body, around chakras, around how much stress just fucks with the entire body. I'm sorry if you can't cuss on the show. That just completely, mm-hmm. it just, no, no, you can't. <laughs> rocked me. And, and when I moved to Costa Rica within four months, all those symptoms had gone away. Acne started to subside. My, my sleeping levels, my emotions, just my level of happiness, like, it was insane. I was like, wow, I can't believe that that I, and it just was this moment of my body is so strong and can endure so much, but there's so much pleasure on the other side of following the fear and, and deciding that you get to be free and living your dreams. And, you know, it's no one. It's funny when I told people that I was doing it, everyone was genuinely excited for me. Like no one said, Oh, that's irresponsible. Like no one, you know, and that's kind of the fear that you think people might say that, or like, Mm -hmm. what do you, my grandma, my Mm -hmm. grandma's like, you're walking away from that job that pays so much. You kidding me. But at that point in my life, I was just like, I will make less money and live very minimally because I had this association that if I make more money, I'm going to be miserable, like the corporate job. Mm -hmm. So that was also a learning curve as well is, you know, healing the relationship with money, that it's safe to make money, that I can still enjoy pleasure and, and relaxed feeling in a, in a healthy physical body and make money. Mm. But that has taken, you know, seven years to heal that relationship and, and kind of look at where those associations came from. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a lot to be faced with. You know, it's, it's almost like people feel as though they're, they're catalyst moment, the moment that kind of spurs all of this change. Sometimes we think that's going to be the biggest moment, but it's actually not. It's just the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's just the beginning mm-hmm. of all of these other series of things where you're just making epiphany after epiphany and you're relearning yourself. You're mm-hmm. relearning who you are. And 
I love what you were explaining about, like, you know, asking yourself what you want to eat and mentioning runaway bride. And, you know, like, I, 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 how does this happen? How does this happen to us? I mean, I, I feel like your story, I'm getting a lot of divine intervention in there. You know what I mean? Where you, you were, you were led. I firmly believe that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And maybe you've only just scratched the surface. I really believe that. I feel like there's more, there's so much more up ahead, but, um, you know, how do we get into that? Kelsey, what do you think? Like, do you think that some of those, like the, the lack of being aware of the self, you know, do you think that that's something that, I don't know. How do you think that starts? Well, is notice the things that you don't like, you know, you can take a piece of paper, put a line down the middle and on the left, write the things you don't like, and then get clear on what do you want instead based off of that information you have. And it has to start with the idea of, well, what is it that you want? And the best way to to see what we want is by acknowledging what we don't want, because the pain points stick out way more in our life, like a thorn. So it's, easier to start there. Mm. What is it that you don't like? And what do you want instead? Mm. You know, and not and making sure that this is, yeah, maybe you want a different situation, but really look inward, Mm. right? How do I want to feel instead? What do I want to experience? And how can I take one step towards that? And just know that breakdowns create the breakthroughs. Mm. And so if you've been in the middle of a breakdown, you got to trust that you're in the process of breaking through and it's not going to be pretty sometimes. Mm But if you just the, the, the intuitive urges that come to you. If you follow your joy, if you follow your passion, if you prioritize doing what you love at the forefront of your life, it doesn't have to be the thing that brings in income, but you got to make time for it. Mm-hmm. Especially if you've been in a relationship that you're like, oh, I don't know if this is healthy. Why don't you, like, instead of time that you would normally spend with that person, go do something by yourself that you really enjoy. You know, even if you're by yourself and you pull out paint brushes and you play mm-hmm. or you do something that's stimulating with like, going for a walk or art or just something that well technology is what I'm trying to mm-hmm. say. Um, you can just start to connect back in. It's kind of like the cat under the washer that's scared. <laughs> the inner child, if if as we get older and we're like, we gotta get we gotta handle business, we kind of tell the child within, like, you need to sit in the corner and stop talking. Mm-hmm. Like I got work to mm-hmm. do, you know? <laughs> and it's and so, yes, obviously we can't have a child running our life. If we acted like a child, we would have no boundaries or rules and we would say absurd things. And so there's the balance of allowing the, the, the inner child of want because the inner child wants to be loved, seen and heard by us as an adult, mm-hmm. but the adult selves want to be loved, seen and heard by the world. So you got to tend to all those layers. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're getting the love from your family and friends, but your inner child has been neglected sitting in the corner. Yeah. And you get to ask her, like, what do you need? Like, I love you. What do you need? And really use that maybe as a meditation of just asking, like, if you, especially if you had a nickname as a child, it's really helpful to use the nickname. Yep. Be like, what do you need? And you never know what will come up. Like for me, for a while, it was like swimming. I'm like, oh. okay, let's go swimming, you know, or other times it's like, I need a walk or I want to go pet the dogs or mm-hmm. this is the littlest of things. It doesn't have to be this big, profound thing. But when you hear that, give it to yourself. Yeah. And start to check when the inner critic starts coming in hot, saying things like, you could just be like, okay, that thought came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But what do I want to say to myself instead? More and more, we do this, you know, contrasting experience, something I don't want, clarity experience, what I do want. So it's called contrast to clarity. The more we do this contrast and clarity with journaling, the more we'll start doing it with our thoughts. Mm. Definitely. 
So, so, you know, one of my, you were talking about the inner child and one of the most popular meditations that I get a request for is to do an inner child meditation with people. And, and I, I intuitively wrote one up and it's one of, like I said, it's one of my favorites. It's the most sought after. And originally when I wrote it, I thought, oh gosh, I had no idea that this was going to be so profound for people. I just kind of did it, you know, and I originally wrote it because I, I was writing it for myself. I think another thing that's important about the inner child, along with what you said, Kelsey, about saying, I love you. What do you need? Where should we go? What do you want to do? Mm -hmm. Um, is also using your inner child as a, um, kind of a radar, um, or a gauge to kind of evaluate how you're feeling me personally. And I don't know if you're like this at all. Um, but me personally, I'm the type of individual that'll go, I'm, I'm good. I'm okay. I'm good. And I know I'm not, but I, on the surface, I'm not cognizant of it. It's like subconsciously I'm freaking out, but on the surface, I'm like, I'm good. Like, I don't understand why I have anxiety. I, I have, there's nothing to be anxious about. I'm good. Everything's fine. And it's not that I'm repressing. I'm just not cognizant of it. It's happening below the surface. So I think sometimes tapping into that inner child, you learn things. Like for instance, one of the first times I ever did a, a meditation where I, I was finding my inner child, I was picturing this house. It was like an old farmhouse that kind of reminded me of a house that I knew when I was younger, but I couldn't place it. And I saw myself in a specific dress with pigtails. It's actually a photo that I have. So I was like, okay, I recognize her. There she is. And I did have a nickname as a child. It was Panny, P-A-N-I. So that's kind of what was coming into being, you know, and she's in this house, Kelsey, and she's all by herself. Hmm. She was all by herself. She's sitting on the couch. There's not one adult in this house. And so it was almost like remote viewing. I don't know if you're familiar with remote viewing, but people that have like or natural born clairvoyance tend to have remote viewing where they can almost like visit a place, but it's energetically. Um, it sounds really far out and groovy, but it's really not. It's just just being able to kind of um, see spatial awareness and yeah. maybe that you've never been. It's really cool. Um, it's like when I do sessions with somebody, it's how I'll say, okay, uh, you know, was this person in the kitchen? Like, I'll be able to see the kitchen. Like that's remote viewing. But so it was weird. It was like the meditation was like that. And I was kind of traveling. I, I took her by the hand and I was walking around this empty house with her and she was scared because she felt alone. There was nobody there with her. And when I came out of that meditation, I, I, I had my entire shirt was wet from tears because I was like, oh, my God, holy shit. Like, I'm anxious because I do I feel alone. Like I never it was it was like it allowed me to come to the conclusion that, oh, my God, I am feeling some sort of way. And I think, wow. right, like, as a, that's so cool. I love that. Yes. But as adults, we don't realize this, do we? We don't realize mm -mm. that we're still that that girl we're still that person mm -hmm. so that's yeah yeah that's she's cute. very much alive still mm -hmm. um so you know asking us these simple questions I think yes doing some inner child healing and and learning like you said journaling and asking yourself like well what do I like 
you know, even if nobody has ever asked you that before, I, I love mm-hmm. that advice. I love that thought process that you gave. Um, and then there's one other thing I wanted to mention. Um, you were talking about messy moments. You were talking about how like this healing and these, like you said, the breakdown leads to the breakthrough and how it's, it's not pretty, you know, like when people hear you're a self-love and empowerment coach, they might think, and you travel the world, they might make a snap judgment like, oh, well, you know, she has everything. She can do this. She can do that. She's beautiful. She has great friends. She has money. She, you know, people, I think sometimes even with me, with Sweetheart Soul Sessions, people will listen to my podcasts or visit my pages on social media and they'll go, oh yeah, you know, here's another quote or another, like you should be happy and things like that. But I think the one element that people forget is that the, the, the position that we're in now was hard one. I mean, there's that lying on the floor, screaming, crying, calling out to God, you know, having that, like you said, come to Jesus moment. It, we didn't end up here unscathed. Absolutely. And like, that's, it's so important for us to share our stories. Anyone that's trying to do stuff online, when we share our story in a way that is vulnerable, but also, you know, we're empowered in it. We can connect with people on such a deeper level. Like, yeah, definitely didn't come unscathed. I'm a sensitive soul. I'm an emotional person. I was, you know, the one that would cry the cry even as a young child, just because I could instantly feel it. Yeah. And it was funny hearing you talk about, you know, your clairvoyance when you see things. Every time I do meditations and I get visions with things, it's like I'm a third party watching. Yeah. You know, it's rare. It's rarely rarely firsthand i'm normally watching it happen seeing me or seeing little me or whatever yes um and you know those experiences are just they're they're really beautiful and it's just we gotta we gotta trust the process that we're in and you know one of the biggest things is share your story share your struggles share the vulnerability because that creates the connection Mm -hmm. but at the same time you know what other people think of you or think of me is more a reflection of how they think about themselves. And, you know, if I'm feeling judged by people, it's because I'm judging, there's a part of me that's judging myself. So Mm -hmm. that's emanating from me, you know? And so I think people can, everyone, the line for criticism is way longer than the line for the people that want to actually get in the ring (laughs) that actually want to, um, follow their own heart's desires. And I think if you're willing to put yourself out there, you have to be willing to accept criticism and just keep showing up anyways. Like that's my, mm-hmm. that's my philosophy is I'm showing up for a specific kind of woman. And there's a lot of people that follow me on Instagram that are not her. And that's okay mm-hmm. because I know who I want to speak to you and want to connect to you that it's like a a woman that I resonate with so much because it's the woman that I was that I was experiencing Mm. you know and so or even when like guys follow me and yes sometimes people can hear self-love like my mom she's like I still don't get it she gets it now but like in the beginning (laughs) she's like it's just like seems like selfish like self-centered yeah you know Mm -hmm. but that's that's the cool thing about something that is so broad is it can be interpreted in different ways. So the way that I teach self-love is very much around taking action on the things that are scary to us and loving, learning to love ourselves through the process, learning to show up for ourselves, learning when to rest, learning how to honor our space and our body and our time. Um, mm-hmm. And 
the biggest thing is like the emotional regulation, learning how to ride the waves with our emotions instead of getting plummeted and drowning in them. Like mm-hmm. we got to learn how to surf the waves and we do that through mm-hmm. understanding them and noticing ways that we avoid them and push them down or suppress them. And so what people think of me is much more about what they think of themselves mm. and the women that I'm destined to work with, I will connect with because it's already laid out. It's already yes. meant to be. It's yes. it's already, it's a calling. So it wouldn't be a calling if it wasn't meant for something, but every level does create a new, a more evolved ego as well. So mm-hmm. it's crucial for me to always be coaching myself and tuning into my coach and my mentors and, and God and spirit, because mm. if the moment that I don't, the moment that I'm not embodied in the work I'm teaching, I will repel people from working with me because there will be an energetic feeling of me not being um, in integrity with my work. Mm. And so my own self-love practices, my own, the way I treat myself is at the pinnacle, the top part of my business because that trickle down affects everything. Mm. Good Lord, girl. I'm so glad you have a podcast (laughs) because if we, if we were just sitting and having like a glass of wine or something, I'd be like, okay, listen, how do we set up a podcast right this minute? We're not doing anything else. Let's set one up, get you a microphone. It's so true. It's so true. Um, and you are, you're, you're so ahead of the game from, you know, even like I said, everybody's walk is different, but you know, I spent a lot of time denying, you know, I don't think that I, I, it might've been helpful for me to meet somebody like you maybe years ago, because (laughs) I needed, I need more wild hearts in my life because, because truly, like, I think you're saying, you know, self-love it's, it's about prioritizing the soul of yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And for a long time, I didn't do that. You know, like when I was coming into my gifts, like, you know, going back to the clairvoyance thing, um, you know, just to tie it in for a long time. I was like, I'm like making this stuff up. There's no way that this has connection. There's no way, you know, I was thought like, I just had an overactive imagination, you know, like I just, and then when I turned 27 and some things happened in my life, it was like, I cracked open like an egg and it was no longer something I could ignore. It was, it was the connections were undeniable. And like you said, your people come to you because they are the right people for you. You know, your energy and your soul is calling people in that are supposed to be part of your soul group. And so like, um, there are some people out there that, you know, me as a, as an, as a clairvoyant and people, you know, somebody that does sessions, there's people that are like, well, you know, you need to get business cards and you know, you've got, you need, you need somebody that at one point I was considering, uh, considering high hiring one of my close friends to be my assistant, just to like schedule sessions, because that's how swamped I was. They were like, well, you need to get bigger and, and better and get a website and all this stuff like to, and, and Kelsey, it never felt right because I have never like, and I'm not saying anything against people that do this, but I've never solicited all of the people that have come to me have come to me by proxy. Like I don't advertise at all. Um, a lot of the people that I work with, you know, in, in my, I'll just call it my day job, but like the people that I work with in my day job, like a lot, some of them don't even really fully know what kind of sessions I do, 
except for the ones that have come to me. And again, they've come to me by proxy, not because I've asked mm-hmm. them. I, I never ask somebody, Hey, do you want a session? Never. And, and I know that in, in the same realm, you know, you were speaking about how, like, I don't have to worry about the people that don't understand my self-love. I don't have to worry about those people because those people, if they're not meant to step into the circle, like you said, step into the ring, step into this, this soul group of mine, then that's okay because they're following a different map. And I think that's so profound. Yeah. Well, and it's also not stepping into my circle, but stepping into the game of their own life. The people Mm. that are not fulfilling or going after their own dreams or their own like goals are Mm -hmm. always going to be the critics because they're not playing their own game of life. You know, they're not putting Mm -hmm. themselves out there to get in the ring. It's like, it's actually from um, um, Eleanor. To Brene Brown. Brene Brown also, you know, talks about that in Mm -hmm. the book Braving, I think it's called, but, Mm -hmm. or Dare to Lead, Dare to Lead. But it's originally Mm -hmm. a, uh, what? Why am I forgetting her name? I want to say Eleanor Theodore, but that's not her name. Eleanor, she's one of the president's first ladies. Uh, Roosevelt. Yes. Right? Eleanor Roosevelt. Yeah. yeah. And, and right? she said, yeah. And so she talks about how this, this beautiful quote of that, pe- I'm paraphrasing, but that, you know, the people that are willing to get in the ring are the people that have to be willing to get hit. And, the, and this is kind of a, you know, a very masculine analogy, but to me yeah, no of, is if you're in the ring, you're likely to get hit, but you're also likely to win whatever it is that thing you're wanting. And there's always going to be a few people in the ring and a lot of people in the stands and the people in the stands are the critics, mm-hmm. but they will never know what it's like to actually be in the game. And so it's just prior mm-hmm. putting your, really asking yourself, what do I want? What do I want to create in my life? And how can I just take one small step towards there? Because I think a lot of people get discouraged that they can't be at this level of greatness right off the bat. But if you were to get all of those things, you wouldn't know how to handle it or what to do with it anyways. So it's like the growth process is important and necessary. And how beautiful that you are in a state of attraction that the clients come to you and, and you're called to them, like in the way that you work and what you're doing, you know, that's beautiful that it just, you know, you have ambassadors of people or people are feel drawn to you. Like that's beautiful attraction right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like that's what helps us to know that we are, like you said, um, your level of integrity, you know, working from a place of integrity and authenticity. Um, it's like, we're not scratching along, you know, scratching out of our way out of the pit, like everybody else. It's like, it's a, it's a more, um, organic way of living your life when you don't feel like you have to kind of scratch and claw with everybody else. That's probably why you got out of the corporate world because it's all scratch and claw, you know? So, um, it's interesting that you said, um, you know, people, people come to you and all this stuff and you saying like, if I wasn't, if you weren't working from a place of integrity or if you weren't soulfully involved in the work that you do with your, with, um, do you call them clients, Kelsey? What do you call the people that work with you? Uh, my clients, just your clients. Yeah, okay. clients. I just want to make my sure. soul sisters. I mean, yes, they're the yes. glow ladies. You know, like yes. they're my sister from another Mista, but I don't have like yes. one name I always use. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, but yeah, so that's just it is, you know, when you're feeling like you're not showing up fully for them, you know, then, then that's, that's when we need to regroup. And I think that, um, uh, a lot of people that are listening to this episode, 
and they follow me know that I've actually taken like a year hiatus because of a criticism. And the criticism was not from anybody that I've ever had a session with. It's somebody that disagrees with the metaphysical. It's a, it's a distant relative. And that I haven't seen them since, you know, um, I was probably seven years old. So what's interesting is being 37, okay, like here we are 30 years later and this person makes one statement and I immediately go back to that seven-year-old where I'm like, oh, I have to be good and listen to this person because they're a relative. And what I did was I, I, I was not practicing self-love. I was stripping away all of my empowerment and people that are listening to this, like I said, most of them will know because a lot of them are people that do sessions with are scheduled for sessions, but they were devastated to hear that I was doing this and stripping all of it away. And all that stuff that you talked about earlier, I just want to make sure everybody knows that that's real. Like my, my, I started losing a lot, like my hair started falling out. I started having back problems also. I started having issues with my knee and with my shoulder and like all of my chakras were not aligned. Like it was very clear to me. And a lot of it was happening on the left-hand side, which is the feminine side, which was me not stepping into the fullness and the beauty of who I am. I think that's the kicker, right? Like when we know that we're doing something that is part of our soul's purpose, when, when we're doing it, we will feel in the flow. And when we're not doing it, it wreaks havoc mm-hmm. on us mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, yeah. right? Definitely. Definitely. So, so where do you see yourself going in the future? Where, where this wildness, this wild heart, this freedom that you've kind of embraced and, 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 and building this, this podcast and building this coaching service for people that, um, that, that want to really, like, like I said, prioritize the, the, the soul of themselves. Um, where do you see this going in the future? Where do you want to go? Are you just kind of going with it or you have ideas? Yeah. I mean, the podcast is definitely something that brings me so much joy. And it's the one thing in my business that just naturally grows and never put rules or restrictions on it, but I've just been enjoying it so much. I've actually been podcasting four times a week, which has been amazing because the connections that come from that. So continue growing want it to be one of the biggest podcasts out there especially for women that deal with people pleasing that are highly empathetic and that are you know soul sisters that they know that is like the place for them Mm. um and yeah continuing to grow my business like my long-term goal is to be able to create a business that has um some type of sustainability with things that can bring in certain passive income so I could be a mom full-time one day you know, Mm. and still be Mm -hmm. able to, I I love sharing my life and speaking and I love continuing my own education, learning how to grow this business, learning more about emotional intelligence and the deeper dive into psychology with things and just following my own joy and learning what that Mm. brings up, learning how to embrace and, and, and and feel the healing of pleasure and joy, you know, cause Mm. yeah, there's a lot of healing that comes from brokenness and the tough times, but there's a lot of healing that comes from putting lowering the guard to embrace a moment embrace joy and so I am going to be embracing that I definitely have some travel plans as things progress and things open up I yeah building a business creating a family and being a maniac on a mission for (laughs) self-love I love it I love it so much it's so awesome Kelsey girl I love it um Thank you so much for having me on the show, Andrea. This has been so fun. 
Yes. Oh my God. It absolutely has. And like I said, from the minute that I stumbled upon your podcast, I was in my garage organizing something and I thought I need something. I'm in the mood for something. And I was just scrolling through and there you were. I said, oh my gosh, look at this girl. She's, she's standing on a, um, a dock. She's, she's, I think you're wearing a hat. If those of you that are going to look up her (laughs) podcast, I'm like, look at her. I, I could just feel the joy coming from you. I could feel this. Um, just from your photo, which is not uncommon for me, but still, I mean, I feel like other people could feel this too. We're all intuitive uh, on many levels, you know? So it was just, it it was just coming from you, you know? So, um, have you ever thought about writing a book? Um, I haven't much, but I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would be interesting in the future. If like that, you know, after you kind of progress a little bit and, you know, you, you do your family thing and all of these other things start coming into focus and into being, it'd be interesting because, you you know, you mentioned journaling a lot. Again, I'm not trying to like, you know, we're not at the store and I'm like, you, you, you should get this shirt. Come on. It's cute. And you're like, I don't know, Andrea. (laughs) No, really. I don't know. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, I mean, just, just tuck that away in the back of your I'll mind. Plant that I don't know. Seed. I think I'll plant that, people, that seed. Right? I really feel like people uh, it deserve to hear what you have to say. You know, there's not a lot of authentic people out there. And I hate to say that because it sounds so cynical. I guess maybe that's not true. But it, it can be a perspective of that sometimes people are not authentic or they don't put the right focus on certain things that actually help people. And I think you do that. And I think it's important. I think it's important for your message. Oh, thank to you heard, so much. So. Yes. Um, so lastly, before I let you go, um, where can people find so you? I, um, you can find me on Instagram. It's Kelsey Low Show, K-E-L-S-E-Y-L-O-W, and then Show, S-H-O-W. Um, and that's where I'm always hanging out. That's like I, I post the stories on there daily. I'm always hanging out on Instagram. That's where I connect with people. You know, send me a message. Say hi if you're listening to this. Um, and then also Joyfully You Podcast. That's available on all the platforms and I post a lot to there. So that's also a way to get to know me and see if we have a kindred spirit. If we have, if our vibe resonates with each other, that's where you can check Mm. it out. Definitely guys do yourselves a favor and check out Kelsey Lowe joyfully you podcast and also find her on the gram. She does not disappoint (laughs) and her, her spirit, (laughs) Her spirit and her wild heart are contagious and so utterly refreshing. So Kelsey, once again, thank you so much for being here with me tonight. I appreciate all of it and I wish you nothing but continued happiness. Thank you so much, Andrea. (laughs) I love this platform that you've created and the space you've created for these soul satisfying conversations. And it has been so fun Mm. to be with you here today. And thank you again. You are so welcome. And for the rest of you listening, please check out Sweetheart Soul Sessions on Facebook if you have not done so already. And also Sweetheart Soul Sessions podcast, most notably available on Spotify. Take care. Okay. Are you still craving more sweet inspiration even after listening to the podcast? Well, I don't blame you. Find Sweetheart Soul Sessions on Facebook and Instagram. I'll see you there.